We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to a live Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we got some big news. KD is a Brooklyn Net. Garrett Temple, baby! <laughs> Garrett Temple, DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. We got them all. This is crazy. This is probably the happiest I've ever been as a Nets fan. I don't know for you, but for me, 100%. Sean Marks already just walked away with the offseason. Man, it's 7.07 a.m. on a Monday in Melbourne, Australia. And I am delirious. I am ecstatic. I am adjectives that I don't even know. I need a thesaurus. Um, this is an insane day for the Brooklyn Nets franchise. Probably one of the most historic days in the history of the New Jersey and Brooklyn Nets. And uh, Sean Marks, we trust, Nick. Um, we were saying our Thanksgiving thanks for him in our first season of the Brooklyn Buzz. And boy, oh boy, did they come to fruition. This man is the Messiah for the Nets. Like, he literally took a team, no draft picks, no nothing, no young talent. Next thing you know, they're in the playoffs last year. This offseason, they're going to walk away with arguably the best offseason. The only one that could compete would be if the Lakers got Kawhi. They're going to land Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, like you mentioned. A couple nice draft picks. They picked up a draft pick for the future. Just a lot of crazy things is going on right now. And just, it's amazing that he's done this in such a short amount of time. It's almost unfathomable, almost unfathomable for a, a franchise who was on the brink of just it, it, just not even being a, 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 an afterthought. We were an afterthought in the in the eyes of the NBA media it was the New York Knicks. We are now, we're the big boys. Yeah, we and are. And it feels, it, it does, it almost doesn't feel real yet. It's always when you hear that good news, when you get that like, you get that new job, you get that new pay raise. Until you see it physically, until I see Kyrie and KD and DeAndre and Garrett Temple in black and white and maybe even that little coogie lining, and then we see like all these billboards, I, I, it just doesn't feel real yet. It's almost like 
literally, well, like it is 7 a.m., so I should still be asleep. I had my alarm set for 7.30 because I thought we were going to be going live at 8, and I'm like, you know, I should probably wake up because there's all these rumors popping around. Brook Lopez signed him. Good for him. But, uh, oh, man, uh, this is a, a, a massive day for, for Brooklyn Nets and Brooklyn Nets fans everywhere, and oh, words can't describe it. It, it, like you said, it almost doesn't feel real because, like, you want to see it happen. Obviously, we got confirmation from Woj, Shams, every other reporter. You know, we saw the tweet from Mark Stein where, like, Nets are feeling confident. They're not an irrational squad. Like, it's it's crazy this happened. Going to the, We talked about this last year. Going to this offseason, there was speculation it was a real possibility. Then, you know, last week came out their front runners, And now it's 5 o'clock, you know, Eastern time. Free agency technically doesn't start till 6 p.m., and KD already announced he's coming to the Nets. Like, this is crazy. Like, for him to already pick the Nets before free agency starts, it says a lot. I mean, Corey, I was, Corey agreed to strip. And <laughs> we will be doing some sort of outlet soon enough because of the reported, obviously, four years Supermax deal that was on the cards from the Golden State Warriors, $221 million. You know, the same deal that would have uh, kept Kemba Walker in Charlotte as well. Um, but we know when it comes to Kevin Durant, the guy doesn't care about money. We've seen him leave money on the table time and time and time again. When he went to Golden State, he didn't take the full max money he could for, for those years so they could add guys and give money to guys like Andre Iguodala. In an OKC, he left OKC to go to Golden State and make less money. He's never been about that money. KD is one of the most popular superstars of, of recent memory. Outside of LeBron James, I can't think of another more popular superstar. He's going to make money left, right, and center. The boardroom uh, Instagram page is going off. It's doubling in numbers. I was following it. Everyone's following it. Um, I'm going to be watching it uh, as soon as it hits as well, just to see how he announced it, see the words come from his mouth. And Kyrie and KD, you know, I don't care. He's not playing for 12 months. I think with our medical stuff, he's going to be playing in two months. We're going to see <laughs> KD playing in, 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 in October. Don't worry about this one, baby. What a do, baby. Yeah, dude, on the scooter, he's going to be out on the court. No, but like, seriously, it's just so crazy. Obviously, I think the medical team was a huge factor in him deciding to join the Nets. We know Kyrie was a big factor. We know he had relationships with uh, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince. It's huge. I'm excited to see. Obviously, you know, he has some businesses in New York. You mentioned the boardroom. Where I think it said they picked up 40,000 followers in three minutes when they dropped the news he was going to announce on there. So just all over the place. It just, I, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. I guess we could talk about like, how, what do you think his decision-making process was that made him choose the Nets? I mean, we'll we'll certainly find that out very soon, but I think it has to be a multitude of factors, Nick. I think that the medical stuff, I think, that was starting to trickle out with some articles and stuff from Ian Begley. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that that's always been a, a sort of positive lingering narrative that we discussed in the buzz yesterday as well uh, for a little bit. So uh, I think that that is certainly one of the major points. And obviously... When he announced uh, where he would be going to rehab and, and see doctors in relation to uh, the Achilles injury, he was going to the, to the Nets doctors, um, or the, the, one of the major Nets doctors who's also had a huge influence in, in Karis LeVert's recovery. So, And obviously, you spoke about the relationship with Torian Prince, Karis LeVert, Kyrie Irving as well. Funnily enough, Kyle Russell, uh, boy at OTG, how big a role did Kyrie play in acting as the middleman for the Nets? I really don't know. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this all sort of trickles out and we get all the leaks and we get, you know, Kyrie and, and KD at the at the presser at Barclays. Uh, it's just, it's a, a multitude of factors. How much did he, how much was it that he wanted to leave 
Golden State and how much was it that he wanted to join the Brooklyn Nets? How much was it that he wanted to join with his friend? How much was it just that he wanted to be happy? We know that Kevin Durant has been this sort of unknown enigma when it comes to his personality. You know, he was the, the beloved figure in the OKC. He was the darling. He was, you know, uh, mama, you the real MVP, all of that. And then, you know, he soured. Um, everyone soured to him more so after the move to to Golden State, you know, the snake. I was I, I was one who was initially upset, but I've always been a guy who's big on player advocacy. So I've always been a fan of Kevin Durant. And, and I mean, I'm not tuning my own horn here, but um, I, I've always maintained the fact that, look, he's a guy, he's around my age as well. Um, he's pretty close to myself. I've always sort of been like, let this guy just be who he is. And now we're going to see the, the twilight years and one of the best superstars in the history of the game play for the Brooklyn Nets and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride and depending on how like how he comes back health-wise and whatnot we're still talking about a guy that has potential to be literally top 10 all-time player in NBA history he's that good offensively he's one of the best players ever if he were to retire today just because of his skill set at that size and we've talked about this before and this isn't just coming because he signed the Nets we've talked about this on the outlet we talked about on the buzz he's a guy you feel pretty confident coming back from that injury because of his skill set. His best skill is that he's seven feet and he has guard skills. You know, he can shoot the ball like the best of them and he can handle the ball with the best of them. And that's not going to change because of his Achilles. Yeah, and I think that more than any other, I think in comparison to the general sort of makeup, the physical makeup of Kevin Durant in comparison to the guys like DeMarcus Cousins, Kobe Bryant, his age, I think Kevin Durant hasn't had a huge injury history either. And despite this being sort of like the the sort of death sentence for a lot of NBA players when it comes to injuries, you know, it used to be the ACL. Whereas medical technology has come so far in the fact that it's at the ACL is almost just like an afterthought. We, you know, we've seen Derek Rose sort of, despite the fact um, suffering like four or five of them, and he's sort of come back. Um, but, you know, it's still going to be, you know, uh, it's still going to be a recovery time. But, you know, I think the, the confidence, I don't think the confidence, the motivation, the positivity would be there from Nets fans from the NBA media, if they didn't, and the, the max deals wouldn't be on the table, if they didn't think Kevin Durant couldn't get back to a semblance of his best. You know, 80% Kevin Durant is still a top 15 player in this league. And Kevin Durant is going to age incredibly well, like you mentioned, Nick, with his skill set. He's already one of the best shooters of all time. He can create his shot on a whim. The dude is taller than DeMarcus Cousins. We know that. We've seen USA basketball camp photos, and you see... KD standing next to DeMarcus Cousins, a center in this league. A guy who's played center his entire career, and he's like an inch taller than him. He's got a couple of centimeters on him. So I think Kevin Durant is going to be, it's going to be awesome sort of content for the buzz, how we just watch him, how we see him grow. But, you know, Sean Marks, Coach Kenny, it's, it's all coming together. And I think like a lot of it, and this is probably going to go under the radar, at some point, Kevin Durant was convinced that the Brooklyn Nets had a plan and something he could buy into that was going to lead to more NBA championships. You know, nothing about this deal is like, hey, I want to come to Brooklyn just to be in New York. I signed with my friend uh, Kyrie, but I still want to win championships. We know they have a really good core. And you could argue, other than Golden State, but obviously Clay has a torn ACL and their money is tied up. This is going to be a really good supporting cast for Kevin Durant. We're talking Kyrie Irving. We're talking ascending Karis LeVert, ascending uh, Jared Allen, ascending Rodion Cruz, ascending Torian Prince. And then like we added on, DeAndre Jordan and Garrett Temple, two really good vets. I think that the you talk about the, the nucleus of championship teams and you, you, you talk about depth and such. Obviously, I don't think we're a championship team next year unless by some miracle 
Kevin Durant comes back, you know, around March, April, and, and we see him in the postseason. You know, I don't think that it's next year. I think it's obviously a minor slow build. It's going to be, you know, the 2020, 2021, what happens there? But, you know, I think that there's still going to be some moving pieces. You know, I, I think that the vet minimum guys that we add or, or retain, be it, you know, Damari Carroll, Jared Dudley, or the like, um, does Joe Harris stay? Because that mid-level exception uh, was was slated to be offered to to DeAndre Jordan. So what? where does it go? Where does the money, where do we find that money for DeAndre Jordan? I tweeted earlier, before the KD news, you know, if we trade Joe Harris and just dot, dot, dot parentheses, uh, I mean, it's going to be sad for me. And uh, I mean, it's losing the ends of Russell Joe Harris, probably my two favorite players last season. I mean, they get pretty easily replaced by Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But, you know, I, I think that, that we still need to have that depth. And we still got it. Um, we're not, I'm 99.9% happy with everything that has happened. But that 0.1%, you know, I'm never, you can never be fully satisfied, Nick, because there is, you know, if you had that full satisfaction, what are you going to aspire for? What are you going to grow towards? Um, this is me again being glass half <laughs> empty sort of mentality. We got Kevin Durant. Yeah. I, I think, um, I hate to say it, Jack, I think Joe Harris is probably the guy that does get sent out. I think that room exception is going to go to Garrett Temple. They said $10 million will probably come around at like 4.7 on both years, which is, you know, nine, nine point whatever. And then you need to clear up some space because you still need a $1 million in change for KD. And then you're assuming DeAndre is going to at least want a decent chunk of change. The only other option we trading Spencer Dinwiddie, but that seems less likely since he was part of the recruiting uh, pitch for Kyrie Irving. So it's like, now it's like, who goes into that sharpshooter role? Maybe they have some faith in John Musa that he can be that type of shooter, or they're not as worried about it because there's just talent across the board. Yeah, there is literally talent across the board. Um, and yeah, uh, Garrett Temple's always been a guy who has been around the wings and you, you sort of just, he adds value. You can hit that three-point shot, can play a little bit of defense. And for that sort of mid-level exception, I think it's a decent enough price. You know, obviously probably one of yeah, locker room guy as well. And, and I think that you sort of need those bridges, those presences um, to sort of, you know, like I sort of said on, on yesterday's buzz, be the bridge between the sort of players, the coaches and everyone in between the vets and the young guys. Um, I think the chemistry is going to be pretty good. You know, uh, it was sort of one thing uh, we sort of uh, debated about well, with Kyrie Irving coming by himself. But I think you adding Kevin Durant, you know, a guy that I think is going to be sitting on the on the bench quite consistently at Barclays throughout the season. Um, you know, his business ventures obviously lie in New York, so nothing really has to change there. You know, we heard earlier in the season that, you know, 35, you know, his business brand was being moved to Manhattan. Maybe that was a hint that we all should have listened to a, a lot earlier. Maybe it was just a smokescreen, but Kevin Durant in, in a Brooklyn Nets uniform, in, in training gear, in everything, recovering. Um, it, it's going to be, it, it's just... It's hard to fathom still. It's really still hard to fathom. It really is. And I'm just like mind blown. Like I expected that maybe this would happen when, you know, you talked about we're going to go live at six o'clock for the outlet. Like I thought maybe we'll get the news then, like something will pop off where like mid-sentence talking about some guy signing and then boom, KD announces his uh, decision. Next thing you know, it's five o'clock. It's an hour before free agency and boom, we know KD is going to be a net. And then to just top it off, you know, you got the Garrett Temple news. The Garrett Temple news, kind of was like, okay, something's up because that kind of thing doesn't come out unless there's like a big plan already in play. And then you mentioned Mark Stein dropped the stuff about KD. Our guy Pooch dropped some stuff about the Nets being confident. And then boom, it's just like, 
I, we keep saying it. It's like hard to put into words what it feels like to have one of these amazing players in a Nets uniform. And not just one, you get two in the same offseason after not being able to sign big guys. You know, it was a couple of years ago, the Nets couldn't even get a meeting with Kevin Durant. And now he's signing a four-year max deal with the team and joining up with Kyrie and making them contenders in a year. Yeah, it's 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 pretty insane. You know, we were. I remember when we were sort of debating and well, not necessarily debating, just discussing when you know Jimmy Butler wanted out of Minnesota and the Nets were on the list, and it was just like this is the moment that the the Brooklyn Nets are sort of back and 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 we're in. We got the respect that we've sort of been wanting, and then you know this postseason run. You know, there's been lots of sort of takes related to DeAndre Russell. I gave one myself. We discussed it pretty pretty lengthily on yesterday's buzz. Um, but now that we've landed, this is it's almost like it's all coming to fruition. There's still some skeptics out there, and, and I've been ro- rolling around, obviously, on Twitter, as you, you, we sort of have to right now, Nick. We have to multitask. Yeah. Henry Abbott of, of True Hoop says, no lock, this will work. The contracts and cap commitments are guaranteed, but the chemistry and performance is not. Um, the dude seems to like just, uh, what do you think about this? I mean, the chemistry is not, but like, what do you mean? Kyrie and Kevin Durant are really good friends. It's like you and I join a basketball team. There's a good chance we're going to make things work out because we already have some type of relationship. Bringing DeAndre, who has a relationship with both guys already. And then I think the fact is these guys want to come in Brooklyn. They want to make it work. No one's messing around here. They all want to win championships. Yeah, there's some chance that chemistry might not work out. But a lot of the players that are currently on the Nets roster before the free agent signings are guys that understand their roles and therefore winning. And that was part of the culture in Brooklyn. It's not a one one man team. Obviously, now you have Kyrie and Katie. It's going to change a little bit. But it's people who come in, they want to win, and everyone does what they need to do to win a championship. And that's a reason why they were able to outperform their talent the last two years. Yeah. And I mean, there's, pl- I'm, I'm just going to keep on sort of like keeping an eye on Twitter, Nick, but Sam Vecini, Kyrie Evans, you sort of mentioned names, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Garrett Temple, Kevin Durant, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, plus Musa and Kuritz, loaded roster for a team that cleared out two max cap spots. Take a bow, Sean Marks, Trajan Langdon, everyone in that rebuild. How do you feel, what, when did you feel confident that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving was a possibility? Was it when those two max spots became available? Because for me, the Knicks had them as well. So I was just skeptical and remain skeptical because I think I just maintained an air of skepticism when it comes to this NBA in general. Uh, I feel like when they opened the max spots, the Nets probably feel like they had a real possibility, but it wasn't a guarantee because I felt like they needed to trade Crab so they could play this offseason regardless. Like you need to have the cap space available. If they don't trade Crab at that point, there's no guarantee. Like, hey, right now they could have got the commitment from KD and now they're trying to figure out how to trade Crab. You do that when you can, get that done with. And we got Torian Prince back, which I thought was a really nice piece in that. And then as well, I think soon as Kyrie became really, really interested in the Nets, where it became a fact that Kyrie is a lock to come to the Nets, I started to build confidence in that because the whole talk about him going to the Knicks, and we talk about this a lot, it never made sense for him to go to the Knicks without another star. You know, yesterday when I saw the news about Kawhi and Durant possibly going to the Knicks, not going to lie, I got a, a touch nervous because I was like, that's one way that they could steal him from possibly going to the Nets and not teaming up with Kyrie. But Kyrie joining and being locked in for so long, like we talked about on previous shows, it gave the Nets someone in there. It gave someone inside Kevin Durant's ear. And we had reports for the last few weeks that they've been talking about playing together. Yeah, and, you know, obviously you, you believe that when the tea leaves are out there, where there's smoke, there's fire, all those sort of, you know, analogies that you want to use. And, you know, I think ha- harking back a little bit to, to give my own sort of take on the Henry Abbott tweet, I get that the chemistry, he thinks the chemistry isn't there. I think the chemistry is there. I don't think the performance is yet. I agree with that. 
you can't forecast anything in the NBA. But in the NBA, what beats anything more than anything else is talent. And the Nets have that in spades. And, you know, you need that to be a championship contender. We have, like you mentioned, Nick, yesterday, one of the two or three best point guards in the NBA. We have one of the best small forwards, forwards, shooting forwards, any forwards in the history of the game of the past two decades. Um, Will he come back healthy? Yes, that's obviously a worry. Yes, Kyrie Irving's um, injury history is obviously worry. The chemistry issues, the cohesive issues, how everything's going to work there. But do if you're any team in the NBA, do you take this risk? Do you take that plunge? Hundred and ten percent. Every league is taking this. Like, and the only team that's not possibly taking is if you have two other superstars. Like, you everybody wants two superstars. Exactly. You need to have superstars to win in this league. Um, Kuz just tweeted, Kyle Kuzma, Knicks can't catch a break, lol. Um, how does it feel? I'm happy that the Knicks didn't get KD because if he didn't sign with the Nets, I want him back in Golden State. I'll say that flat out. Like, that's just me. I'm being honest here. Spencer Dinwiddie as well tweeted out, everybody who said I shouldn't sign the extensions, GTFO my mentions, and he has a flamethrower gif. And he also just tweeted out, who responded to his own tweet, oh, and at NY Knicks fans, I didn't forget about y'all either with the Elmo flame emoji, uh, flame gif. Enjoy. Spencer, he's going to be so much fun this season. And he's a big factor. Like the fact is they have a really good player. Like this is a, we talked about, this is above average player. This is arguably a fringe all-star in the right situation. He's a backup for Kyrie. He's your six man. You can fill in. Now you can rest guys. Even the course of the next couple of years, as we mentioned, Kyrie has a little bit of injury history. KD has the injury and he's getting older. Hey, these guys do not have to play 80 games. They can play 70 games. You can even get away with 65 with the amount of young talent you have on this roster. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be a little bit easier to sort of have to analyze things going forward now that we know that what the, the Nets are going to be. But uh, Kevin O'Connor tweeted out, Nick, as well. Brooklyn, in, in relation to the, to the Knicks a little bit, Brooklyn landing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving shows the importance of building a franchise with organizational alignment and a positive co- culture. The Nets are total opposite of James Dolan and the dysfunctional Knicks. New York must spend the coming years repairing their image. Did it surprise you? how quickly the Nets have been able to rebuild their image. I do. I mean, that's an extremely hard thing to do, especially, you know, just considering the perception of the team. Like, you even know the first or second year that, you know, uh, Marks and Atkinson took over, it's still everyone's like, oh, the Paul Pierce trade and the Kevin Garnett trade, like, oh, they suck. They don't have any talent. They don't have any big names. We we talked about it yesterday. D'Angelo helped put them on the map, but a lot of it was the organization, the culture. And I think uh, this has been talked about on Nets Twitter. Luis Scola said, Soon as they win, they'll get whoever they want because Sean Marks came in and did everything to the highest possible standard in terms of an NBA organization. I'm sure he took some things from the Spurs, but he also learned things from his own NBA career. He's a guy who traveled around a lot and understand what players value, probably has a lot of relationships around the league. We know how valued Kenny Atkinson is by guys that he's coached and other coaches in the league. So the Nets coming in and valuing players and their family to the highest extent sends the right message. And hey, the Nets are willing to spend money on everything. You know, it's cap for signing players, going over the cap, luxury tax, whatever it may be in the future, or medical team, staff. We know the training facility is amazing, one of the best in the NBA. You do what you can to change your image, and eventually it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's the the image has been changed bit by bit. And, and I remember, I think I've referenced this, this quote before on the buzz. Steve Kerr, you know, a, a few years ago was sort of saying that you know, the Brooklyn Nets are, are taking it step by step. They're building the culture first and then the talent will come. 
you know, it, it relates to that Louis, Louis Scholar sort of uh, quote that you just said. You know, Coach Kenny and Sean Marks had to build something from the ground up. And with that, that's what drew the free agents to us. That's what drew Kyrie Irving. That's what drew Kevin Durant. That's what drew everyone else. Without guys like D'Angelo Russell having so much success, Karis LeVert, you know, the, the, even the vets, you know, showing, you know, improved games and, and from quality coaching and investment from everyone from the top down. You know, we don't get Kevin Durant without all of this and without the, the accumulation of all those factors over the past three three years or so. It's it's insane that it's happened so quickly after, you know, we've had people popping in the chat asking, Kyle Russell, how good does it feel to poach KD when Boston was so confident to get him a few years ago? And then there's people talking about the, the, the Boston Celtics trade and how things just really do a 180 in this league. You know, obviously there's rumors around Al Horford relating to the Boston Celtics right now, but right now the Nets on paper are a better team, at least with Kevin Durant healthy. Maybe not with even possibly with Kevin Durant, you know, out for a little bit. The Nets could still compete for you know a top sort of seed out east. But with Kevin Durant healthy, the Nets are one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant healthy. Depending on what happens, the other Frazier situations, they're one of the best teams in the league, and they're a clear cut top three team in the East, if not number one, depending on what happens with the Bucks and the Sixers. And you mentioned you know some of the guys coming out, the veterans. The Nets helped veterans, and the veterans came out and said really positive things that they didn't have to. We're talking about guys that are probably not going to be on the team next year, being Damari Carroll, Ed Davis, Jared Dudley still kind of up in the air, and saying all this positive stuff when they didn't have to. And these are guys that have been in the league for 10-plus years. It's different when it's coming from a kid that's only played, you know, three years in the league, and they're like, oh, the Nets are an amazing organization. But when you're hearing it from guys that are respected, and we know Ed Davis is probably one of the most liked players in the league, and him to come out and say all the positive things – did nothing but help them in terms of this upcoming free agency and landing these big names. Absolutely, uh, 110%. Also, shout out to our boy Flatbush in Atlantic. Um, he's gone wild right now. He's just tweeted like out. T-shirts, bro. I need some. <laughs> <laughs> we need that merch. That merch is going to be going wild. Flatbush in Atlantic is going to become a millionaire. The Brooklyn Buzz is going to be the number one podcast on iTunes. It's going crazy right now. But Captain Marvelous has jumped in there. Um, who do you think gets moved to free up the space? Yeah, Musa, Napier, Graham, hopefully not Kurutz. Um, I think, it, like you mentioned, Nick, it's, it's going to be my boy. Yeah, I think uh, Napier and Graham probably are going to get uh, waived as well because their contracts are non-guaranteed. Because I think you need to give that money to DeAndre because DeAndre probably had decent offers on the market because there was some chatter about him over the last few days. So I think it's probably Joe Harris. Like I said, Spencer doesn't make as much sense. And as, you know, as good as Joe Harris is, I think the Nets feel confident that they can take maybe somebody who's forgotten about a shooter and turn him into a really good player. It doesn't necessarily going to be up to the standard of Joe Harris, but the person who becomes Joe Harris, quote unquote, in the next role, is going to have a lot less pressure because there's going to be so much attention on the other guys in the court. Yeah, and I think that it's going to be interesting to sort of see um, when it, what the, so I'm just fascinated to see how that 15-man roster ends up being. You know, obviously I think that, you know, you can keep that flexibility with the buyout market. I think that now, when you have the talent on the roster, when you have Kevin Durant, when you have Kyrie Irving, who have established relationships with a lot of vets in this league as well, um, you know, you can keep your sort of flexibility with the buyout market too. You know, the Nets have never sort of been one of those sort of teams, but it's it's normally, you know, when you are a buyout sort of contender, it's because you're a team competing for a championship or you, it's a team that can offer you, you know, some minutes and, and an established role. And I think that the Nets will be able to offer them, you know, either of those sort of ones. Um, and yeah, exactly. Bring back Vince. It'd be pretty awesome to have Vince Carter as, you know, a guy coming off the bench. You know, I think he was pretty good for Atlanta as well last season. You know, I think that 
it would go Barclays will be selling out. You know, that attendance is going to grow very, very much so if we were to, What yeah. about the attendance? Because it's not going to matter anymore. It, it doesn't. And, you know, I appreciate all the comments from guys like Michael Zuckerman and SSV um, in, in terms of, you know, giving shout outs to the Brooklyn Buzz. But, you know, it, it's it's not over yet. We're, we're still going to continue podcasting. There's going to be plenty of content. I'm going to be doing an insane amount. I'm, I'm really happy that I'm on uh, school holidays right now because I can just dive depth into to some video, do some breakdowns for OTG and Nets Republic and do an innumerable amount of podcasts. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for your breakdowns. I can't wait to see some Kyrie hi- highlights, KD highlights, even some DeAndre highlights. I mean, like we've talked about this before, he's not necessarily the player he once was, but in a smaller role, he's still really effective and could teach Jared Allen a thing or two because this is a player who was up for Defensive Player of the Year a couple times. Yeah, in in that sort of sense, obviously his uh, his rebounding is insane. You know, we sort of if we were to lose Ed Davis, as, as seems obviously likely, and you replace it with DeAndre Jordan, it's almost a like for like. I think Ed Davis maybe has a little bit de- better defensive acumen, but I think both of them are similar players and provide you a similar presence on the court. And you know, I think that um, Jared Allen can learn a lot from DeAndre Jordan too. Uh, and I think that going forward, you know, there's little things. I think that as a dunker. You know, I think DeAndre Jordan in his heyday was one of the best. You know, he's he's killed people before. Brandon Knight, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen him play a minute in this league since that dunk from DeAndre Jordan and the stank face that ensued. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what he can sort of bring um, in, in a smaller role, like you mentioned, Nick, and, and the impact that can have on Jared Allen. And I think that, you know, DeAndre Jordan can provide a presence when it comes to, you know, the Eastern Conference where there are guys like Brooke Lopez, where there are guys like Joel Embiid. And in the West, where you've got guys like Nicole Jokic, Anthony Davis. Um, it's, it's gonna, all these guys are going to provide something. And, and, and I think that the young guys that we have on roster, you know, obviously, you know, Kyrie didn't mesh well with his young dudes last season. But I think that, you know, the, the chemistry, which has been a, a worry for, for plenty of guys, is going to be a positive thing. Yeah, and I think it's a really good mix of the like young guys, older vets, guys who are kind of in their perfect prime on this team. And you mentioned, I'm excited to see what DeAndre can do because he's going to be really motivated in this situation. And as a dunker, he his skill set, I would say, is more similar to Jared Allen than it is to Ed Davis, or Jared Allen's skill set is more similar to DeAndre than Ed Davis. So Jared might be able to take a couple more things away from him because they both are really gifted athletes. I'm excited to see, you know, no matter who's on the floor in terms of guard-wise, they have somebody at the at the rim they can throw a hoop to. And we didn't even talk about our boy Nick Claxton, you know, another guy who has some nice hops that can finish some moves. Obviously not as much playing time now with a vet coming in, but still exciting. Yeah, it's it's insanely exciting. Um, I, I think, and I did a, a bit of a breakdown for, for Nicholas Claxton, and I think that, you know, you've got three centers on the roster that can all provide you a different skill set. Yeah. Um, it just, it seems, uh, I, I mean, we've got to go back to KD, Nick, and, and, and what... What this means for for the Brooklyn Nets franchise as a whole, just as a, not just you know on the court but off the court, and and what this means to the relevancy, what this means to the exposure of the franchise, um, just just big picture sort of style. I think I just saw a tweet yesterday. The Golden State Warriors had the highest revenue in the NBA. It was like six hundred million dollars or something like that. The Nets are going to be in that area now. They have two of the biggest brands in the entire NBA. Yeah, Kyrie might not be a top five player. Guaranteed, he's a top five brand, especially with all the handles. Uncle Drew, Antub Kyrie, all the shoes that drop. Players love his shoes. KD, we know how big he is, and he's arguably one of the best guys when healthy. Now you're looking at it. Brooklyn, like you said, you said we're the big boys now. Now the Knicks, people are going to be like, you know, we're going to still sell tickets. Those tickets could possibly drop now. Like, there is more pop with the Nets than there ever has been in Nets history. 
And now Barclays Center is a better arena than MSG in terms of technology. It's a newer arena. You know, MSG has the history, but the Nets can make a new history. And this is a real opportunity for them to almost take over the city. They're not going to do it in one year. But, hey, let's say they win two championships down the line. Things are really going to sway because you're taking that young crowd of basketball fans in New York City and turning them all into long-term Nets fans because they saw that enjoyment and they're getting to watch one of the best players in the world. And I think it helps them from a global perspective. We know Joseph Tsai is big in Asia. These two guys are going to be big in Asia as well. You know, Kyrie already was just in Japan, but it's even going to get bigger. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely insane. And, you know, we've got to put respect on Pooch's name. The dude is going to be making some big moves come Hopefully fr- he deserves one after dropping some big bombs like he has earlier this month. Yeah, the pooch bombs have been out of control. But um, I'm just, like you sort of mentioned, Nick, you know, I think that it changes, it, it takes it takes superstar talent to change the name. And, you know, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, it took LeBron James and, and a championship to change the narrative. And obviously, you know, it's two step, one step forward, two steps back for a franchise like that. But you can't knock back history. They have that championship. They have the history and the tenure with LeBron James. Uh, we've got now got an opportunity to build something around two of the best superstars that we've ever seen in Kyrie Irving. Yeah, exactly. And and I think the the marketing opportunities, you know, the the sponsorship opportunities. You know, you spoke about the ownership with with Mikhail Prokhorov and Joseph Sy. Uh, you know, we've got two of the most marketable superstars with two of the best, um, two of the best shoe games, two of the best sort of merch games going around Kyrie Irving's a movie star Kevin Durant um you know he's got his own YouTube his YouTube channel and, and his Instagram page and and everything with ESPN and they're Brooklyn Nets players now so all of that is going to be associated with the fact that they are a Brooklyn Nets player they're not Boston Celtics they're not a Golden State Warrior they are Brooklyn Nets players now so despite the fact that Kevin Durant will be won't be on the court he is still an absolute star on and off it so you know you take everything that comes with that it's um, it's, it's, I don't know how else to say it. Jack, can you say that for me one more time? Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, it's, it feels weird just rolling off the tongue. It feels good. I'm not saying it doesn't feel good. Um, but you know, I, I think that this was literally other than getting Kyrie and Kawhi, this was probably the best scenario that we could have hoped for. And for a lot of times as Brooklyn Nets fans, we're not used to the best or second best scenarios actually playing out. And them all happening so fast. Like, I still can't go over the fact it's not even 6 o'clock and we have this news. Like, we're, we got this at 5 o'clock and now Kyrie and KD are Nets and they got, they tagged in DeAndre and Garrett Temple. It's just so big and all this to happen. It's just incredible. And I think, like, I have a lot of confidence in the coaching staff, too, to see what they can do with these players and how it develops. I got a question, though, for you. How do you think winning in Brooklyn and winning possibly a championship or two would impact KD's legacy? Uh, I think it would completely change it. You know, I think that the the whole thing around him and, and the reason why people were sort of like, you know, he's going to the Knicks is because he wanted to change that legacy um, around him. I, I don't think that the, his, his legacy is tainted in any sort of sense anyway. I think that Clay put it, you know, most succinctly and most perfectly when he said that, you know, we're a good team without KD. We're a truly great team when we have him. And Kevin Durant is a truly great player in this league. He doesn't need any more validation from, you know, outsiders, from naysayers, from people on Instagram. And maybe that's why he made this move because he just wants, this is what is going to provide him the most inner amount and and most outer amount, internal and external happiness. He gets to play with a really close friend. He gets to be in one of the coolest cities in the world and one of the coolest boroughs in the world. 
and he doesn't give a shit about you know what anyone else says. He can, provides him a great chance to win. And yes, it's it's nice to speak about championships and such now, but at the end of the day, yes, that's what matters on the basketball court. But off the basketball court, you know, your your job only takes up so much of a, of a, a finite point of your life. Kevin Durant wants to be happy. We all want to be happy, and I think that the Brooklyn Nets have provided him with that greatest chance, and obviously that's the reason why he chose to go there. Yeah, I think you want to be two things. You want to be healthy and you want to be happy. And we know we talked about the medical team earlier. They're going to put him in position to get back to where he was at, hopefully, or at least 80 to 90% to that level. And you said it. Kyrie's a really good friend. DeAndre Jordan's a really good friend. And he obviously, there's been some rumblings. I think it was uh, SNTV or Ian Begley or whatever. They reported that he had interest in playing with Karis LeVert. So there's reasons that he chose this and their personal reasons, whatever it may be. He wanted to be in New York. He felt like this was a better situation for him on the court, off the court. And it worked out. And I just like, and just so excited for what Sean Marks has done in this short amount of time and being able to convince him that this was the best case scenario. Obviously a lot of it was Kevin Durant choosing to do what he wants to do, but putting the Nets in this position is just incredible. Dr. Martin O'Malley, you're the real MVP. That was a quote from that's <laughs> hey, and um, we true. spoke it is true. We spoke about factors and, and in that sort of sense. But when you heard d- did you think anything of it when KD um announced that, you know, he had the Achilles injury, he redid it, or he he sort of, you know, aggravated the calf injury, whatever it was. Um but did that sort of give you an inkling that, you know, Brooklyn was starting to be that destination that could be really on the radar when he got injured or or when when he announced well when it was sort of announced on like get up and such that he was heading back to New York to to reconvene uh, with Dr. Martin O'Malley and and figure out what um what was going to happen and and I'm going to this tweet is awesome by the way you give your take but I'm going to give you a tweet in in a second that's going to make you insane it has somewhat of an impact I mean, that's always been his doctor. He did the foot surgery for him as well. He's the USA team doctor as well. So, I mean, it didn't hurt that it was in New York. I thought it would have maybe a slight positive impact, but it could have helped the Knicks just as much. So I was just like, you know what? It's a positive, but I'm not going to over, you know, overvalue it because I think that's what we do a lot in free agency. Like this guy bought a house here, sold a house there. Like these things matter, but in the big picture, they're still got plenty of money to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, exactly. And and the tweet that I was speaking about, Nicholas, hardwood paroxysm. The Nets literally got the rebuild that Danny Ainge went for. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this, and I mean this 100%. I'm so happy that Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett trade happened because none of this happens without that trade. The Nets do not get Kenny Atkins and John Marks. They do not end up in this situation. And one of the big picks that they traded in that paid ended up being a trade that landed them Kyrie Irving, and now he's a Net. So all that, I think you attack when you can, and this is Sean Marks deserves a lot of credit because the window for this team – People be like, well, they're not that old. From a salary and financial perspective, this was a year they really need to attack because they had Karis LeVert. They have Rodions. They have Jared Allen. They have all these guys on good deals. They have Spencer Dinwiddie, possibly Joe Harris if he's not traded, all in these deals. And they have the cap flexibility to bring in big stars. And then moving forward, they can go over the cap to retain the guys they have. There's only so much you can do when you're over the cap. So the fact is that Sean Marks struck at the right time. And that's something I personally criticized Danny Ainge for because I feel like he wasted a really good opportunity with all those picks. Sorry, my phone's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Blow it up. Uh, so, but he wasted all that time with that picks. And I think in the NBA, you have windows. Sean Marks attacked in the perfect window. He took his chance. He nailed that three. Game winner. Nets win. Yeah, the window is never – it's always – it's always – 
the when it comes to the window analogies, it's something that I really love. The window's never open. It's always only ever slightly ajar. And you need to rip it open and sort of go out there and, and get what you need to get and, and strike while the iron is hot. Going to be plenty of analogies and metaphors throughout this podcast, my dudes and my dudettes. But, you know, I think that in, in that sense, you know, you're talking about the Boston Celtics. They had chances to get Jimmy Butler, to get Kawhi Leonard, to get Anthony Davis, and they struck out big time. And they're left with, yeah, they're going to left with Kemba Walker, but there's news coming out now that the Al Horford thing isn't going to be happening. Obviously, you know, it, it, they had... Kyrie Irving and he didn't want to stay there I think that what that sort of speaks about is that Boston is a, a wonderful basketball city but maybe Danny Ainge and his ruthlessness and, and and surrounding that with Isaiah Thomas has left a sour taste in, in, in a lot of people's mouths and you know we saw Alan Crabb wasn't necessarily too happy uh, with what happened but for the most part Sean Marks and you know we spoke about with D'Angelo Russell and the fact that there's been no necessarily bad will in relation to, to D'Angelo coming out on Instagram or on Twitter and posting stuff for where he's just like, look, uh, you know, they did me dirty or whatever. You know, I, I think that the he realizes how great the organization has been for him and how great this organization, organization has been in general over the past couple of years. You know, you're talking about, uh, it's going to be just, I'm, I can't help but keep thinking existentially about what the Brooklyn Nets brand is going to be going forward when you have Kyrie Irving, the guy who, you know, I, I've got two of his shoes because they're, for me, the, the the best shoes going around when it comes to basketball shoes, the most stylish, they're fly as hell. I got a pair of Kevin Durant's because I got them for free from a friend and they're not too bad either. And you, it's just uh, existentially, the Brooklyn Nets brand, it's it, it's it's bigger than the New York Knicks brand right now, at least for this sole moment, and it, it feels fun to savor it. Yeah, it really is. I mean, this is like how you push yourself into being one of those quote-unquote big-name teams where you think of the NBA, you think of the Lakers, you think of the Celtics, you think of the Knicks, the Bulls. You add two players like this, obviously the success needs to come to really get to the level as those other teams, but you are starting to ascend into that level because, like I mentioned earlier, these are two, they might not be two of the top five players in the league, but these are two of the top five brands in the league when it comes to recognizable players. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much about them across the world that people will recognize. And that's go from being big in New York and now they're becoming big globally. Adrian Wojnarowski has a four minutes ago, Nick. Kevin Durant and his business manager, Rich Kleiman, met with Warriors GM Bob Myers Sunday in New York and delivered him the news on the decision to leave Golden State League source tell ESPN. Rest of teams were informed later of this today. Teams thought the process was forthright. What do you think of that? I respect KD. I mean, uh, knock on wood, hopefully the Nets don't get a fine for tampering, like I mentioned to you. <laughs> Obviously, all this is happening before they're supposed to speak. But, hey, KD did the right thing. He let them know, I'm going to sign with the Nets. Spend your money elsewhere because we know you have other targets. I am just really amazed that the Nets were able to get KD. And I don't know how much of it is his personal decision and just wanted to play with Brooklyn or Kyrie or whatever it may be, or if it was them convincing him to come to Brooklyn or it just being portrayed that way so well by a lot of the players who have been here. Yeah, and I think, again, speaking broadly about basketball in general, the Nets didn't tank. The Nets haven't tanked. And, and sure. the rebuild that they have done to acquire superstars, how does that make you feel about you know the the route that the nets have taken to acquire these two absolutely massive gigantuan superstars i'm gonna drop this i'm not gonna drop any names but i saw plenty of tweets about this oh the nets are stupid for being an eight seed or a six seed and getting knocked out in yeah the round. oh they should have tanked for zion 
Hell no. They just landed with two of the top five, two of the top five brands, two of the top 15 players in the league, added some other guys from DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple. They changed themselves in the offseason. They didn't need to tank. They did things the right way. I think Adam Silver absolutely loves this. This is the best thing that could have happened in terms of a team being in a terrible position than ending up in a great one where you look at teams like the Sixers or teams even like the Suns and who have been bad for a long – it took them to be bad for a long time and get a lot of high picks. You know, it worked out for Philly, but they had a lot of guys that didn't work out. Nerland Zoel, Joel Okafor. Then you look at the Suns, a lot of high picks, they're still bad. So I think you do this the right way. Other teams are going to go this route. I think you look at the Hawks. They're kind of going this route. They're being competitive, trying to win games and not intentionally tanking. The rosters aren't amazing, but they're developing young talent in the right way. Yeah, and, and I think that it just shows you that, you know, plan A, B, C, and D that Coach Kenny was speaking about and Sean Marks had up his sleeve. You know, this dude is out here playing chess while all the other homies are playing checkers, like seriously. And I, I think that, like you mentioned, Nick, that there are plenty of different ways that you can build a contender. You can build a sustainable long-term winning franchise. And, market and has an impact. I'll say that too. Market does have an impact. Market certainly does have an impact, you know, and, but a lot of people, including Jalen Rose, was sort of very hard on the fact that why would you want to go to New York to play for the Brooklyn Nets? Well, two guys who've just done it, two of the biggest superstars, two of the three biggest names on, on this free agent in this year's free agency have done it. So I think that this changes... It, it, this changes the trajectory of, of what the superstars sort of want. And we've sort of spoken about that when we were trying to, to, to predict, when you guys on the outlet were trying to predict where these guys are going to land, what matters to them. You know, why would they pick, you know, Brooklyn over New York when you can play for the Mecca and play for, for, for the, the best franchise of all time? Why would you play for the Lakers over the Clippers when you can play for this historic franchise? These players don't care. These players just, like, have different priorities. And they don't care what the old way of thinking is in terms of oh, I want to play for this historic franchise. I want to be under, you know, I want to play in MSG in Manhattan. Who cares? I'm, I'm playing for the Brooklyn Nets. I'm playing with my my good bud. I'm playing with two of my other best friends. Um, and Puccio's reported, Nick, and, and this sort of just reinforces the fact that, you know, he, he uh, where, where is he? Where's he gone? Uh, uh, saying that, you know, Spencer Dimity was a huge part of the recruiting process. And um, what is, what role do you think Spencer played, uh, especially? And we spoke about it a little bit with Kyrie Evans yesterday, but I guess we should repeat it because we might have some new people joining us. Yeah, I mean, Spencer's an extremely intelligent guy. And I think that kind of, you know, when you meet someone who's extremely smart, it kind of sticks out to you. Like, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. And he's delivering a message to KD in terms of what this organization is about, how they helped his career. We look at Spencer. We talk about Joe Harris being like the role model for the Nets uh, culture rebuild and the Nets rebuild. You look at Spencer, he was about to be out of the league. He was a G League player. He was one of the top G League players. Next thing you know, he's on the Nets. This year, last year, he's up for most improved. This year, he's up for six man. They changed his life. They changed his career. And he's also talked about how much they've done for him and his family. So I think having players like that just sending the message, and like I kind of hinted at this before, even guys on the way out, how they handled the Angelo situation has been really well. But then even Damari Carroll, I think, had an interview a couple of days ago. And knowing that he's probably not going to be back with the Nets, all positive things about the organization and how they treat you. Yeah, and I think that that shows you the, the Brooklyn Nets have become a new model franchise for how you can lure free agents, not just superstar free agents, but just endear yourself to players and alike. And, you know, we've heard from murmurings from, from insiders like Woj and stuff, how Sean Marks has endeared himself to agents and, and agencies around the league. And, you know, in comparison to a guy like Rob Palenka, and yes, he's landed the big guys. And yes, they're having a fine uh, offseason in, in how they've been doing things and, and they're building things in their own way. But to endear yourself, and it's a relationships game. 
you know, especially when you're in the front office, the relationships that you have and you build it endears you and in, in how you deal with other teams, other ages, because, you know, when you're talking about Kevin Durant and how close he is with Rich Kleiman, you know, they're really, really close. And, you know, the impact that it has, you know, all these myriad of factors have had an impact on, on how the Nets have been able to lure these two, you know, I'm going to say gargantuan again, the gargantuan superstars. But uh, did you catch that, that tweet from Spencer, you know, earlier today, your time? Um, in relation to people where they thought it was a Kyrie Irving quote. No, I did not. I did not know. I'll, I'll read it out because, homies, this is good, all right? The objective is what? Peace? I want to find peace within myself. That's the only objective. It's not the amount of money that I can amass. It's not the amount of houses that I own uh, because I can live in one room. It's about the state of our health. And then he responded to it. I've been tweeting like this. It's Dr. Sebi or Dr. Stebby, whatever his name is. But people keep saying it's Kyrie. It's a good quote. <laughs> It, it is a good quote. And I mean, I could see the Kyrie tie right there. But I think Spencer connects with these players because he's yeah. so intelligent and just like the vibe he has. And that's a really good vibe for how to live your life. And it kind of maybe fits with, you know, KD and his decision. Like, hey, we could have went with the super big known franchise in the Knicks. But hey, let me go to the Nets because it's actually a better situation. It's like you're going to buy an item. You, you know, one really good brand name, you got like Nike. It's, you know, the flashy, you know what Nike is. And then just other brand that maybe you never heard of. But it's 100 times better quality. It fits you better. It does what you need to do. It's a cheaper price, but it's actually better for you. So you're going to not go with the brand. You're going to go with the better fit. Yeah, Nick, um, I'm, I'm still having trouble sort of fathoming. The, the sun is rising. <laughs> in, I mean, uh, think of that as, as what you will. You know, literally, I've been up since, since 6 a.m., um, Melbourne time and, and it's now almost 8 a.m. So the sun is literally rising here in Melbourne. The sun is rising. It's a new day in, uh, for Brooklyn um, for, for, for many ways more than one. And uh, I don't know how many podcasts we're going to be doing, but you know, if, if you, it's going to be a lot and we're going to love every single one of them, every single second of them, every single minute of them because we've got KD, baby. We've got Kyrie. KD to BK is a reality. Um, Brooklyn, that Twitter is going to be going off. The Brooklyn buzz is going to be going off. Um, this is going to be a fun off season. This is crazy. Like I said, I'm going to not forget this moment for the rest of my life. No matter what really happens, this is a changing for the perception of the franchise forever. Landing this type of thing in free agency is huge. Like you said, we got a lot of pods to do. So this is going to be the end for this one. We'll be back probably not tonight, but maybe tomorrow. We're going to be going live at 6 p.m. Eastern time for the NBA outlet. We'll probably talk more Kevin Durant, get you some other perspectives from Corey and Jay. But Jack, always a pleasure. And obviously, by far, one of my favorite recordings that we've ever done in the history of recording. Brooklyn! And just for the new viewers, you can check us out iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, Google Play, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.